This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Betting Weekly podcast, part of the Bet Rivers Network. It's our English Premier League edition and I'm delighted to say, as usual, I'm joined uh, by the two main men. Uh, first up, Mr. Nigel Seeley. How are you, sir? Very well, Harry. Uh, good week last week for both of us. Jack got his first sweep of the season. Three out of three, two out of three for me. So six picks, five winners. So... The good form that we've shown in recent weeks on this show has continued uh, and we're doing well. I mean, we're hitting a bit of form. I always say, if anyone ever followed me or anything over the years, I've always said this and I never have a bet until November the 1st in the Premier League. And it sort of shows because our form has coincided with November the 1st. We've got we've got some good form behind us. The only thing is the momentum's coming and then we have a break <laughs> because of the World Cup. So that's a little bit of a, a hindrance. But I think this is a tricky card this midway, uh, this weekend for a lot of reasons. We'll come on to the show. So um, I, I've got a couple of confident picks, but there's a few teams I want to fade this week that people expect to win as well. So very interesting this weekend. Indeed. Uh, also joining us, Jack Wright. Jack, how are you? I'm very good, mate. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Nigel paid me well to prove the point that November, it got banged on about it all season, November, November. And I was like, okay, I'll have to wait to get this clean sweep until the first weekend of November. And, and there you go, job done. But um, yeah, it was a very good week for us. So uh Looking forward to finishing it in style before the break. And uh, and then, uh, yeah, obviously a lot of stuff coming up over the World Cup. So exciting times indeed. Yeah. You good? Yeah, all good. All good. Can't complain. Keeping busy. Um, yeah, can't complain. Look, I, I don't know if I'm looking forward to the World Cup or not. I think once it starts, I'll be all right. You will. But at this yeah. moment in time, I'm, I'm finding it hard to get into World Cup mode just because you don't have that time to switch off from the club football in between like you normally get at the end of a season. So... Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine once it starts. When the Bet Rivers previews come out in a week or so, you'll be buzzing. They yeah. say that, though, <laughs> don't they? They say, okay, this week. But when the Champions League, I've seen Champions League finals on the 1st of June and World Cup start on the 7th. Like, you know, I know the league season's finished, but teams like Barcelona and Manchester United and uh, and Paris Saint-Germain and, and then the big teams who play in the Europe, Europe, Europa, European Cup finals, they only have a week to go into a World Cup usually. So it's not... You know, the World Cup usually starts around about, what, the 7th of June, 10th of June, something like that. So it's a pretty similar kind of sort of rest period for the big big sides, and the big teams are, are used to it. It's just because the league season finishes a little bit before. But um, I think it'll be the best World Cup ever. I've said that on record for ages. I've, I think it's been the best World Cup in living memory for me. And uh, and it's not because I'm trying to build up some sort of anticipation and audience for our shows. It's just I feel that every team, every big player in the world goes into it in, in peak form, Messi goes in form. Ronaldo goes in, hasn't played. You know, he's, he's going to be superb. Um, a lot of these big stars in World Cups before have gone in absolutely hanging after 60 games of a season. I think I think this could be the norm in years to come. I think we, we're, we're a society that doesn't like change. 
it happens in rugby. It happens in other sports where they stop during the season. It continues in other World Cups and other sports and competitions. Why not have a break? Their players have been screaming for a break. They've got big enough squads to be able to cope with it. I think we need a bit of change. Not too concerned. Not too think that the, the 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 venue of the World Cup is the right place to be. But um, I think that the, the, what we're going to see on football terms, I think you'll be hooked after two games. Yeah, I'm I'm not disputing that. I think the quality will probably be there. I agree with you. I just it, it's and I get what you're saying about the break not always being very long. It's just that you don't get that time to unwind and and sort of draw the line under your season because you're thinking in the back of your mind what's coming uh, around the corner. Before we dive into this week's picks, let's have a quick update on the uh, betting weekly handicappers league table. As you can see, uh, the guys Nigel and Jack on the EPL show are sitting in that Champions League position. have opened up a little bit of a gap uh, between ourselves and the Serie A show as well. So comfortably there, hopefully we can book our place in Europe's Premier Competition next season. But we're currently running at plus 4.93, so just under five units in terms of profit. Um, OK, let's uh, let's kick off with the picks. Nigel, let's go with you first, mate. Manchester City taking on Brentford. That's the early game uh, on Saturday, nearly said tomorrow, on Saturday. Um, what's your view on this one? Well, I mean, it's, it's going to be a home win. It's a question of how many they win by and, and what the scoreline is going to be. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of um, teams this weekend across Europe that you want to fade because of the World Cup. Now, we talk about, you know, we we, we said about the time between the, the start of the World Cup and the end of the season, which is, isn't normal. Uh, you usually have it with the big teams who build themselves for Champions League. But when it comes to the domestic football and league football, I'm not com- entirely convinced that a lot of these big players are going to be putting in the shift at the weekend. I really won't. I mean, I, I tweeted last night, I was surprised that Harry Kane played in the in the League Cup and I got absolutely to- taken apart with a stupid tweet. Well, I stand by it. It doesn't make sense. He's the captain of England. He's England's most important player. Why is he playing in a meaningless cup? What did it do? He took him off after 50 minutes saying he lost 2 near Waste of time. If he got injured, what a complete waste of time that is. And going into some of these games this weekend, there's a lot of key players that I don't think will be trying 100%. I th- no, they want to win, they won't, but they won't. If there's a 50-50 tackle and there's a World Cup on the line, they're not going to be doing it. And I think you're going to look at teams this weekend who have got a lot of players who aren't going to the World Cup, and that's where a lot of my picks have come from. Now, obviously, Man City have got an array of talent. They've got everybody from every different country participating in the World Cup and what is isn't in the World Cup. And you go to a map, you'll find the player from, mm-hmm. from that country in the Man City squad. But whatever team they can pick, they can pick a side that they know there's going to be players who aren't playing the post. And there's one man who isn't playing the World Cup, who's absolutely on fire, who's got who wants to get as many goals as he possibly can, get him to win the golden boot and be rested when everyone comes back. And that's Haaland. So when you've got Haaland not going to the World Cup, you know that that means your goal threat's there. You've got Mares not going to the World Cup. You've got fringe players of this, this Man City side who probably won't feature for their countries as a starting eleven. So the key men who aren't going to the World Cup are going to be big this weekend, and Haaland is one of them. Um, if you look at Manchester City at home this season, they've played 11 matches in all competition, won 11. They've won some... by some In the Premier League, they've won uh, all of their seven matches, uh, and every single one bar one has been won by a two-goal margin. That two-goal... The, the only one that didn't was last week against Crystal Palace, where Jack here gave uh, both teams to score, and it was a debatable penalty that got them to win. You know, it was a debatable penalty. But obviously, Man City had a player sent off in that game. But when they've had 11 men on the pitch, they've covered the spread by at least two on every single game this season. And they did it for almost last season and the season before against teams in the bottom half of the table. 
And I think Brentford will go here. And I think they'll try to go toe-to-toe with Man City. It won't work. Man City will grind them down. And I think with Haaland, with a point to prove not going to the World Cup, that is a big, big plus for me. So I'm looking at goal score markets and Mares. I'm looking at, uh, at Haaland in that goal score. They, those two will definitely play. In fantasy football, put those two in as your captain <laughs> and, and, your, and your vice captain because you know he's going to rest players like Greedish. He won't play. Probably Foden won't play. So I think here, Man City cover the handicap very easy. It's two, two and a quarter, which does sound a lot. But when you go through the stats of Man City's home form, they blitz people. Uh, Brentford have got a terrible road record in the Premier League. They haven't won in the EPL yet this season. We know how good they are at home when they come out fast tempo. The crowd gets behind them and they 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 really really press on the front foot. But away from home, they've they've been found wanting, and this is a tough place to go. Um, and I think Man City will win it easy. So I'm, my first pick uh, is Manchester City minus two and two and a, and a half on the Asian handicap. Uh, I haven't got the price in front of me. It's on what price did I send it through? I, I don't know if it changed, but um, minus one twenty. Yeah, minus one twenty. So that is my pick. So I want if Man City win by exactly two goals, we get we only we win half the wager, and the other half is a push. If they win by more than two goals, we collect on both. So the only way we're going to lose on both of the bets is if Man City win by a one goal margin. Uh, I expect Man City to win by more than a one goal margin. Jack, let's come to you, mate. Newcastle United versus Chelsea, probably one of the standout games, at least on paper, uh, this mm. weekend. Given where the two teams are at, it's quite interesting. Absolutely right. And, and, and backside of Newcastle, we, we talked last week that we've got our favourites this season and Newcastle are firmly up on that list They're, um, they've, and they continue to impress. They really do. And I, I loved watching them last week against Southampton. Um, a, a big win there, um, 4-1 in the end. Um, and they, they were 3-0 up and then Southampton were like, oh, we'll, they scored a goal and Newcastle, oh, I ain't having that. We're, we're going to go and score another one. They kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit and cruised it. But what I really like about how they're playing this season is the fact that you kind of get that impression they're just going to go gung-ho. Like That's kind of the stereotype around Newcastle. They just need to go and blitz people. But they played so cool, calm and collected this season. Um, they've just, they kind of get into a game, they get a foothold and then they go in and take teams apart. Um, and and that was the case again last week. I saw them the week before that against Spurs, where they did the same thing. They um, they kind of let Spurs have that initial bit of play, controlled it, and then went and scored a couple of goals and, and, and took the win on. So that's a third now. One defeat all season. We've talked about it before, that 98th minute uh, winner for Liverpool at Anfield. Um, they've scored four or more in four of the last seven as well, which shows you their goal-scoring form. But they've built everything really around a solid defence. Um, Nick Pope is is what, probably my favourite English goalkeeper. He's one of my favourite keepers in the league. Um, I just like how he, he's got safe hands. He he, he actually catches the ball. You know, you, you there's all talk about keepers these days about, you know, good with their feet. I want my goalkeeper to be good with his hands first and foremost. And uh, the guy's a good shot stopper. He commands his area and he puts that, um, you know, the, defence at ease and they're confident they know they've got someone decent mind. I think unfortunately for him, his worst game this season came when he was playing for England, um, which obviously is going to sort of detriment his chances of getting any game time out in Qatar. But, you know, that's by the by. This is Newcastle. Um, you know, the Trippi has come in and done well for him defensively as well and offers a lot going forward with his set pieces and so on. I've got the world's biggest left back in Dan Byrne, who's kind of come in as a centre-back, but has ended up playing over on the left, left side. And um, I say they're doing fantastically well. Wilson went off at half-time. Um, and and like Chris Wood came in, and again another benefit for this Newcastle side is that they're missing key players, or when key players are out, 
another one comes in unheralded ones like like wood um and like murphy that comes in because sam maxman's not playing you know almiron's come this season and, and set the world alight you know and if that was a like Jaden sancho or someone like that then the media would be going crazy about his performances so how they've played is is fantastic they're winning games they've gone a great run of form um, and this is a massive game for them. They they win this game. I say they're up in third at the moment. Cements that place, of course. But I'll put um, nine points between them and Chelsea um, with a, with a win here. And as far as Chelsea are concerned, they come here obviously having having a bit of a wobble. I say the wheels have come off, but they're certainly having a wobble. You know, they um, started off the league campaign with uh, under Graham Potter with three straight wins. Then they had two draws, and now they've had two defeats, and they got booed off against Arsenal. Um, XG of 0.26. Uh, as a top side, regardless of who you're playing against at home, you, you can't be posting that and expect to get anything other than than a few pelters for it. So um, 12 games in total under Graham Potter. And I don't think we're quite seeing the style of play that he wants. He's changing things quite a lot. He started talking about injuries, which is always a surefire sign that a manager's seen a little bit of heat. And although it's early days, like say 12 games into his reign, at Chelsea, you know that you don't get a lot of a lot of leeway, not don't get a lot of time. So, um, you know, he's saying the confidence is a little bit low. That the start of the process and Newcastle at the moment are right in their their game. They're right in their process and only upwardly mobile at the moment. So, I'm taking um, Tyno bet in this one. Um, the safety net of the draw. I can't see Chelsea winning this at all. This is a heavy bet for me. Very confident that that Newcastle don't get beat, and I do fancy him to win. With the time, I bet it's minus 141. Brilliant. And Nigel, you've also gone for the same bet. So this is one that we've got two units on. What, what was your thinking behind it? Pretty much the same as Jack, obviously. I mean, uh, uh, and I go back to my point on the World Cup again. How many of the Chelsea players will be going to the World Cup? It's going to be very hard for them to not to pick an 11. Probably Conor Gallagher will be one of the only players I can think of who isn't going to go World Cup in that full, out of 20 players. They're going to lose virtually everyone. So um, it's, it's going to be a very interesting team selection. It's going to be very team uh, motivation. Chelsea under Potter started, started off brilliantly, as, as Jack said, but they haven't played well at all. Uh, Arsenal, they were, they, were, they were pretty poor yesterday against a, a reserve Manchester City side, losing 2-0 in the Cup. I know Chelsea had some fringe players out as well, but uh, they were comfortably beaten in that game. So they've lost three of their last four. And when you look at the, the Newcastle team, and they're, they're key players. Uh, so Maximum, Almiron, Callum Wilson, if fit, would burn. None of them go to the World Cup. None of them. I think they've got three players defensively from the holding midfield who probably go. Pope goes as everyone won't play any game time. So this is, you talk about motivation on two sides. The Newcastle side will absolutely be so determined to go out and end a win in front of the home fan to give them some massive optimism over Christmas, come back next year and say, listen, we've got a real good chance of making Champions League. And whereas Chelsea, they're going to field a team of 11 that are thinking, let's not get an injury. We've got to get on a plane on Monday. <laughs> Honestly, I, I can't believe that people give me daggers and stick stick for that. It's going to be on players' minds. If you're a 25-year-old kid and you, you're playing away against Newcastle and you've got a chance to go to a World Cup on Monday and represent your nation in the biggest stage of all, you're not giving 100%. And Newcastle, in front of that crowd, with none of their key men travelling to Qatar, they're going to give it one hundred and twenty-five percent. So, um, yeah, I'm exactly the same bet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put anybody off betting Newcastle to win this game same. at all at the price, um, or 
get Newcastle with a double chance or whatever. I just want to fade Chelsea in some capacity. But uh, I think the the best option is the, the draw no bet with the bet as a push at minus 141 as well. Newcastle, away the lads. Right. We talked <laughs> about that Newcastle crowd. Um, I watched that Southampton game. And if you got plopped into that game half an hour in and not know where it was, it sounded like it was at St. James's Park. It sounded like they were at home. The, the fans were absolutely going crazy. And that's an away game, which they turned into a home game as such. So the atmosphere here, last game before the World Cup, they're going to be so up for it. They're going to be on the beer from about, what, six in the morning, aren't they? So they're going to be absolutely bonkers there. You know you know, Newcastle are back when the shirts start coming off in the winter. That's when you know <laughs> that Newcastle are back. Um, Jack, let's, uh, let's go on to Arsenal against Wolves. Uh, trip to Molyneux for the Gunners. Late game on Saturday night, 7.45pm kickoff UK mm. time. That is probably a decent time to watch it over in the States. But um, yeah. what's your opinion on this one? Well, yeah, show's not complete without Newcastle at the moment and and Wolves. They're the two that we're going for and for opposite reasons, really. We're, we're loving a fade on Wolves as, as we do. And yeah, I'm going Arsenal minus one um, Asian handicap here um, at minus 110. Um, I have a feeling that um, Nigel might come back at me on this one, but I'm going with it all the same. Um, and, and Arsenal keep pre- impressing me. And I think we talked about Arsenal this season as far as answering questions. And they always seem to be having a question to answer. And it started off on the first game of the season against Crystal Palace. Oh, banana skin, likened to that Brentford game last season. And uh, 2-0 set the tone. And I think that's what it was all about. It kind of was like, oh, hang on, you know, there's there's something a little bit different. But hang on, you know, early season, a couple of um, promoted sides there to play. Leicester out of, out of form, wait till they play a big side. And, and you know, they got beat by Man United in the first kind of big six game. And it was like, oh, hang on. I thought... That they were better than Man United on the day. Um, Man United fans, I'm sure, will disagree with me. It won't be for the first time. It won't be for the last time that they'll do that. But, um, you know, how did they come back from that? Well, they had a couple of the bigger sides coming up in Spurs and Liverpool, and they went and beat them. They went four-game four winning streak after that, including those two sides. So, answered that question. A little bit of a wobble against Southampton, um, where, again, they probably should have won in the first half, but ended up drawing. And, oh, you know, how are they going to re- respond to that? Well, they beat Forest 5-0. And then it was a case of um, going to Chelsea, uh, an away game at one of the top four. And probably put in the performance of the season, complete and, and rounded. The only surprise for me is they didn't win by more. I mentioned already, like, the, you know, the chances that they, they kept Chelsea to. They kept them at arms then throughout the game. Um, and um, and and done done superbly well. Um, so back on top of the table, two points clear at the top. Um, so just that one defeat this season. Um, Eleven points clear of fifth and thirteen ahead of Chelsea now. So again, set up perfectly to go into this this kind of checkpoint as such for the World Cup. The break, go and get that win. You know, if they can keep Chelsea at Stamford Bridge to 0.26 xG, I dread to think what they're going to keep Wolves to at, at Molyneux. You know, we know all our problems. Um, yes, so Wolves have finally appointed the manager in Lepetegu. He's gone, you know, I don't actually fancy at the moment. You, you can have that Arsenal game first and then I'll take it on. So he's um, coming in um, in, a, in a couple of weeks' time still, isn't he? So, um, look, again, they lost again at the weekend. They did score two goals, which I think they fanfared and said, well, yeah, it's back. one of them was a penalty. Um, but it's still six defeats in eight games for them. Only two wins all season, both 1-0 both against the other two sides in the bottom three. Um, 
Um, and, and that interim manager at the moment, Davis, has said that they're soft. They're giving away sloppy goals, which is the one thing they probably had going for them that we've talked about before is obviously their defence. And that seems to be falling apart at this moment in time. For them, Lipitegu coming in can't come quick enough. But like I say, it's November the 14th when he's going to actually take over. So it ain't going to be until after the World Cup and probably the January window where we can get some help in that it's going to make a change for them. Arsenal, for me, too much energy, too much in forward areas for this very, very poor Wolves side. Low, low on confidence. These two sides couldn't be at further points, I don't think, at this moment in time. So, yeah, I'm going for Arsenal on the minus one. Nice one. And that is at minus 110. Uh, Nigel, let's come back to you. I do disagree with yeah. that as well, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I disagree with it. Sure. I, no, I, no I, I think Arsenal will probably win it. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, my whole theme of this is about the World Cup and players going to the World Cup. And I think if you look at the Arsenal team, there's probably only two enough on the starting 11 that won't be travelling to the World Cup. Odegaard and probably Martinelli. There'll be only two that. And Martinelli's go going. Martinelli's so one. Going. Odegaard Gabri- will be Gabriel one. isn't going. So at two back. Um, Odegaard isn't going. So yeah, probably two. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot. And um, I think that Arsenal will win. I think they're better than them. But I, I think if they go one nil up, they may take players off and, and bring fringe players on, which is a real big worry if you're betting on the on the, on the minus the handicap. I do think Arsenal will win. But I also think that the price hasn't been factored in for the World Cup. I mean, Arsenal are minus $2 to win this game on the road at Wolves. Three weeks ago, two weeks ago, this game was two weeks, they'll be minus $2. So that that's a worry for me. And and, and I, if I was looking now, if I was a bookie, if I was in Bet Rivers' shoes, there'd be two teams this weekend that if someone bet them with me at minus $2, I'd be happy to take their money. One of them would be Arsenal on the road. I just think that they will win it, but I just think minus $2, yeah, go on in, you can, you can bet with me at that price. The pressure is going to get to Arsenal as well at some stage. It hasn't shown yet, but it will. And the other thing, the other team I want to lay, I want to fade is, is Tottenham at minus two dollars at home to, to Leeds. I mean, Harry Kane will not son. I mean, if anything happens to son, I know he's injured at the moment. But if if he if he could play some kind of part in that, he's not going to play a part. They've got no strikers. Kane is not going to be putting a shift in. And Leeds are suddenly scoring goals again. So there'll be the two teams that I would look at in the Premier League this weekend and say, if anyone wanted to bet with me. At minus two dollars, you can you can contact me on uh, on Twitter or, or WhatsApp or wherever you want to do. You could I'll take that money at minus two dollars. Uh, sorry, I've gone. Now I sort of went into that one, but I mean, I do think Arsenal have you know they are going to win, but I just don't think that's been factored into that World Cup factor's been factored in, and I think that's what you got to look for in these matches. I think there'll be a huge amount of shocks this weekend all across Europe. I, I don't know if players. I know what you're saying. Like obviously, the World Cup is around the corner. Like if I'm Harry Kane, like is he the type of guy to be like I'm not going to percent, hundred percent, Harry, hundred percent. If he's Tottenham aren't going to win the title, are they? Got nothing to Harry Kane is absolutely. He's the England captain. He's the most. If anything happens to Harry Kane, it would be in trouble. You know, look at look at look at what playing for England meant to David Beckham. It's a, it's a huge thing. If there's a fifty fifty tackle or there's a, a, a ball that he has to go for, where he, he's he's going to be in his mind think oh. It's shame with human nature. It's I think it nature. does apply to, um, especially like we mentioned it earlier with sort of the younger players, but I think the older ones, like Harry Kane's, what, 29 now? So next World Cup will be 33. Um, and I don't know how you know how he'll be with that, but I think them, them players, look, this is probably his peak World Cup, isn't it? 29. So I think those sort of players um, are going, 
oh yeah this is this is the one for me or this could be my last one for some of them as well so i think they're the ones really as well especially um that that you'd be going they've got 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 it's only human nature to have that like there for me as well yeah definitely but, definitely it's definitely gonna be in their part of their mind and for a young kid as well you know to go to the first world cup what's gonna be important, what's more important for you if you're a young kid going to your first world cup traveling away from the england team or or getting a draw at, at to wolves i mean it's, it's gonna be the gun of the world cup surely has to be it has, it has to be it has to be i think i think it, i think you'll be i think a lot of people will say you know i mean look at messi for example messi at um paris i don't think he's played for the last three games He's got he's got a slight injury apparently. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. You believe that, yeah, yeah. So that's how important it is to him. He just says, "Oh, I've got a slight injury." Wouldn't be surprised if Harry Kane has a slight injury at the weekend because he didn't put nothing in for that game against Nottingham Forest and waste of time. He just ran around, didn't do anything. Waste of time in being involved. But I do think it's a key factor. Okay, moving on to my final game. I, I, I like this bet quite a lot actually. And it's, a, it's a very attractive price as well. I can't believe the price. Liverpool to win to nil. At plus one thirty against Southampton, um, again the theme: World Cup. Salah not going to the World Cup. Uh, Robertson not going to the World Cup. Harvey Elliott not going to the World Cup. But Salah is the key, not going to the World Cup. The fact that he isn't going to the World Cup, like Haaland, means that he's going to be absolutely trying to, and he's to score goals and, and try to try close the gap. And um, he's again impossible to close the gap, but he's in form at the moment, Salah. He's scoring goals at the moment, and Liverpool, uh, Liverpool, surprisingly, you know, if you look at their, you think they're going through a blip, but their blip is on the road. We know how bad they're on the road. Anfield have been rather solid. I know they lost against Leeds, but they've uh, they've they've last six matches at Anfield. Four of them they've won to nil, and they've kept a clean sheet in five of those six matches. So defensively at Anfield, they're very very strong. If you look at Southampton on the road, they haven't they failed to score in four of their last five. They haven't won in uh, in four of those last five. They've only won one in the five games. And we know that the problem is, is their goals. They can't score goals. They brought in Nathan Jones, which the jury's out on that. I think it's a big step up. I mean, when he when he went to Stoke before from Luton, he didn't work out for him. And this is a big, big step up from, from Luton in the championship where there's no real pressure on you to to keep Southampton, a bad Southampton side in the Premier League. So I'm, I'm not 100% that's a great, great uh, appointment as a new manager. But then you look at the head-to-head. I mean, I don't really like to look head-to-head so much, but the last five, sorry, the last six visits that Southampton have made to Anfield, they haven't scored. In the last five times that Southampton have gone to Anfield in the Premier League, they've been beat 4-0, 2-0, 4-0, 3-0, The other, only other time they, they got a point was a 0-0 draw. So the last five, they've won to nil. And I think it's a rebuilding process now for, for uh, Jones. I think this game is a bit of a free hit. Have a look what you've got. It's just, you know, obviously try to win the game. But if we get beat 2 or 3-0, don't worry about it. It's all about what we're going to do after the World Cup. And I think Liverpool, sign off, keep the fans happy. Salah on fire, not going to Qatar. I love Liverpool to win this game to nil, plus 130. I think it's a massive price, that plus 130. A bet that's cashed in the last five years against the Southampton side who haven't scored in the last four of their last five. And uh, Liverpool... Who have conceded in five of the, who haven't kept a clean sheet in five of their last six at home? I love that play. Cool, good stuff, uh, Jack. Let's come to you uh, for your final play of the weekend as well. Brighton versus Aston Villa. I was quite impressed by Brighton last night, even though they made multiple changes. They seem to play a really nice brand of football, even under the new manager, not just sort of under Graham Potter. 
Yeah, I think um, that Deserby is going to be a really, really interesting um, appointment. And he went on record earlier, uh, or I think after the game last week, saying that his way of playing is a, a tough way to understand. Um, and uh, luckily, he his words were that he had like kind of clever players, good players, and they've kind of adapted to it pretty pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, the results I think bear that out. Um, they obviously got off to a bonkers start of 3-3 against Liverpool in his first game in charge, went two up after after 20 minutes um, and then went on a little bit of a, so a, bit of a wobble where they uh, lost three, drew one, uh, only scored one goal in that run as well. But that was at Man City uh, in a 3-1 defeat. And I think that seemed to give them a little bit of confidence because then obviously they went and won back-to-back um, impressively as well um, in the league. 4-1 against Chelsea, obviously... Grand Potter, their old manager, going back to the Amex and and getting a getting a thump in at a point of time when he'd kind of got Chelsea playing quite well and and being very tight. So that was a surprise to us at the time, um, and it was kind of the the, the starting point for other oh, Deserby Penny might well have dropped with the players. So um, from how he plays, he's he's well known for his attacking football, and to go and produce a five goal thriller at Molyneux, we've talked about them as I said non-stop haven't we one thing we didn't mention was Nigel actually did pick up the draw at half time last week in that but it was 2-2 and <laughs> and, uh, and, and midweek and, and yeah, and, and, and yeah last yeah. two games for the Wolves games yeah mad but uh so yeah a five goal thriller unheard of at Molyneux for, for god knows how long so um that that that's testament they scored three it was 2-2 at half time um so yeah like they've, they've got things going with say those seven goals in the last couple of games there um three again last night in, in with a rotated side at, at the Emirates so all good stuff and I did a little bit of digging into his stuff like I say he's known for his attacking football mainly at the Swallow where he was there for three years in Serie A um and um they scored 186 goals in his three seasons there conceded 179 so 365 that's an average of 3.2 goals per game in his three seasons there which is a, obviously a very high average across those three full seasons but the interesting thing for me was the season before he was there they scored 29 goals to swallow his first season in charge they scored 53 <laughs> so it's an incredible like leap with similar players to that get them completely punching over and above their weight. So I think, you know, with this Brighton side, there is a there is similarities there for sure, because we've always talked about Brighton's inability to finish these chances off. So if he can get that click in, they're going to be dangerous. Um, so 53 in that first season, they then got them scoring 69 and 64 in the two seasons after that. So they still conceded goals, luckily, for this bet. And I think that's going to be way, the way it's going to go with Brighton. And, of course, Villa have got their own new manager, Unai Emery, coming in last week. And he got off to an absolute flyer as well, didn't he? Two up inside 11 minutes against Man United. 2-1 um, at half time. So, in the last couple of games, this bet would have cashed by half time. I'm expecting it to be very, very similar this time round. Um, goals in this one, totally. Um I think for Villa, attacks the best form of defence. They've got some obviously good players in forward areas, weren't utilised properly under Steven Gerrard. Um, he said they're saying much the same as well, Emery, and saying that they need to find some consistency. That's shown that obviously the first game after Gerrard went, they uh, won 4-0, then they lost 4-0, and now they won 3-1. So goals across totally, loads of goals conceded, loads of goals scored, loads of goals scored. 
And um, yeah, this looks like it's going to be set up the same way. Deserby's way of football is that. And I think he'll be the driver in this at, at home. Again, another side looking to sign off with a with a good performance. And over two and a half goals is at minus 110. And I'm well on board with that. Good stuff. Um, right. I think that's all the picks for this week then. Uh, let's quickly uh, summarise and run through them. So Nigel has gone with Manchester City on the handicap of minus 225 uh, to beat Brentford. That's at minus 120. He's gone for Liverpool to beat Southampton to nil at plus 130. And he's gone for Newcastle on the draw no bet versus Chelsea. That's at minus 143. Jack has also gone for that same Newcastle draw no bet versus Chelsea pick uh, at minus 143. He's also gone for Arsenal on the handicap at minus one to beat Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's at minus 110. And then he's gone for over two and a half goals in the game between Roberto De Zerbi's Brighton and Unai Emery's Aston Villa. And that is at minus 110. That brings us to the end of this week's English Premier League show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, make sure you leave a like on the video. Make sure you subscribe to the Bet Rivers Network channel. If you are new, there's plenty of content coming during the World Cup. You want to be across that. You want to be on top of that. And if you're listening on the audio platforms, then please do leave us a review as well. Be sure to follow the guys at Because We Win. That's the handle looked after by all of our handicappers. And you can keep across all the latest content there. Uh, Nigel, thank you. Jack, thank you. And we'll be back soon. Until next time. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network.